hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here with Steve and a special guest. I'm Steve. And I'm Will. Our special guest, Will. So uh, give everyone a rundown. Who are you? How do you know us? Well, um, I'm friends with you guys. I um, decided to join this podcast today uh, based off the topic that you decided to choose, which would be... uh, Bands people love to hate. Yeah, we're gonna get into that definitely later. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, have uh, you saw anything new or interesting this week, Steve? Yeah. So last week, excuse me, on uh, Memorial Day, I did uh, recommend that Dark Throne album, Old Star. It uh, did drop on the thirty first of May. Um, and it's funny because I kept mentioning like they changed their sound. Definitely, it's something like I said when I heard that first song, "The Hardship of the Scots," when that was re- uh, originally released prior to the entire album dropping. For instance, we talk about genres that a lot of people aren't so familiar with, especially last week with the metal thing. Yeah, exactly. This album, and I talk about Soulside Journey being the first Dark Throne album. It was like traditional death metal. Then they went to that traditional, like very raw black metal sound. This album is like sludgy, slowed down, doom metal. Like the recording is actually like better than most of their stuff. And for a black metal band, that's like almost a negative. Yeah. But. The album itself is it was very good. I highly recommend it. It's not my personal recommendation this week, but again, that is what did just release on the thirty first of May. The album's called Old Star. It is by Dark Throne. Nice. I mean, it's nothing new, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Um this will make the seventh installment to where we've talked about this band. Um I re listened to Metallica's S and M. Here we go. Because they're talking about doing an S and M too. Yeah. Uh it's yeah. worth a listen. Disclaimer, we're not fucking Metallica fanboys. This just <laughs> happens to be a rotating... This Hey, this may just go to say of how good they are because they're constantly yeah, exactly. in the fucking loop, dude. Um, S&M, dude, could be considered a greatest hits album. I mean, in, in a sense, it, it is. But it's a live but it's recording. Different. I mean, it's just, Well, it's a live recording, getting, but it's also with the, the orchestra. Yeah. So it's, like a, it's a reimagining of some of the songs. Yeah, you're getting a different perspective. Exactly. Yep. And I just think it's really good. And the fact that they're thinking about doing a second one, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know any... We don't know any specifics on... SNM no, two playing or yeah, where, but, who's, if it's going to be, is it going to be the same orchestra? The same was it yeah, same it's the show? same orchestra. But I mean, I mean, we're talking about almost twenty years ago. Yeah, so it's going to be obviously different people. Definitely, I really hope they don't go too far in trying to do like some of their newer songs. I, I really sure hope, hope they. Don't. I know they're going to have to just for you know still keeping the out depending there, on where they're at. There's a couple point. songs off of uh, Hardwire Self Destruct I don't mind. Yeah, but I don't mind. Yeah, I'm not going to say I enjoy them. Like yeah. Moth and the Flame is pretty good. And uh, now that we're dead, I thought that song was Spit pretty out cool. The bone was pretty cool too. Yeah, it, it's almost like we were talking about before. They're trying to go back to the sound that they originally had, but it's just it's just not yeah, like working. After Death Magnetic, they try to yeah. like, wash away the sins of. Sin you actually like Death Magnetic, or you like that song "Day It Never Comes," don't you? Yeah, I liked "All Nightmare Long." Off that album. Oh yeah, I mean there was some. I remember when I first heard it, it almost gave me a reminder of like Injustice for All era. Mm-hmm. So I was like kind of okay with that. If they could just get rid of Saint Anger, I would understand it better. Like it would just sound more of like well, their exactly. transition. But it's like they were forcibly trying to like bring solos back into it. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, with Rob Trulio being a part of it now, you get an actual fucking bassist. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I mean, you know, no no disrespect to Cliff Burton at all, no. but, but I feel like Robert might be one of the best bass players in that band. Uh, what do you mean? Like... Like, of all the bassists? Yes. He's, well, he he's does, definitely the most all, well-rounded musician. Well, first of all, he doesn't compare to Burton, because Burton was kind of, like, identifiably, like, a master of his craft. He was, like, a unique yeah. individual for the bass, especially in the metal genre. But, I mean, as far as, like, evolving the band's sound, yeah. I feel like Robert may have been... He, he might have been one of the best musicians. He's very good, and especially band. when he was with Suicidal Tendencies. I mean, yeah. he's, just, he's definitely Dude, got he's the background. Dude, he's toured with Ozzy. He's yeah, toured with Black Lives Society. he's got a lot of background, man. And if I remember correctly, I think he toured with Jerry Cantrell on his solo tour for Boggy Depot. I can't confirm or deny that. I'm pretty sure I saw a live video with him. Okay, I'll take it. And it's like, yeah. like, this dude's been everywhere. But, well off topic. Well off. On this day in music history... On this day in music history, the date is June 3rd. Well, now it's 2019. But this first thing we have here is June 3rd, 1964. The Rolling Stones performed for the first time on American TV where they're guests on a variety show called the Hollywood Palace, which is hosted that week by Dean Martin. They play their cover of Buddy Holly's Not Fade Away and endure ridicule from Martin, who quips, in quotes, their hair is not that long. It's just smaller foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, burn. Yeah, if D. Martin said some shit like that to me, I'd be like, all right, it's D. Martin. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. You got me. Whatever. It's kind of corny as hell, but it's D. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Um, 1967, three years later. This one's for you, buddy. Your band, The Doors. They We're going to talk about your opinion on The Doors, by the way. <laughs> Continue. Well, okay. Um, the Doors released a shortened version of Light My Fire as a single, trimming it from the album length 6 minutes and 50 seconds to a radio-friendly 2 minutes and 52 seconds. They literally Ooh. pulled 4 minutes out of that song. That's embarrassing. Damn. Um, the group's first single, Break On Through, did not take off, which is strange because I probably know that song more. That is like the one song. Yeah. You know? Um, but Light My Fire Ignites. Ooh, I like that wordplay there. Going to number one and becoming their most famous song. It's funny because their catalog is so extensive and Light My Fire is kind of like the stairway to heaven of the doors. Yeah. Um, and especially that self-titled album. Like I'm a, my, my favorite album is Strange Days. I absolutely love Strange Days because even like the song When the Music's Over being like the same length as the end, they kind of follow the same format between the albums. But Light My Fire, you can't fucking shorten that song to 252. It's the same shit that uh, Queen went through and trying to have them to shorten down Bohemian Rhapsody for radio-friendly yeah. like, pur purposes. And it's it's pointless. You're missing... I, what do they cut out? The entire Ray Manzarek fucking you know, keyboard solo? Because that shit lasts for a long time. I mean, maybe. Well, I think you also have to realize, too, like these songs, you know, you're talking about this one, for example, it's six minutes and 50 seconds for a reason. They didn't just add a bunch of extra exactly. shit. You have to listen to the whole f song to get the whole, yeah. you know... You and can especially, curse on especially you, you can curse on these free air, air, radio airwaves, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. dude. Just, I got you. And um, it's funny too because when you talk about long songs, well, it, it's funny because eventually, like Tool comes out to light where they're like 
you know, record eight minute songs, nine yeah. minute songs. And they always said, and I read the book Unleashed about them, and you know, it's also with bands like The Doors and also like jam bands with you know the Grateful Dead and stuff like that. Yep. They they go out there and they play these songs, and it's almost a jam session. They figure out when the song's done. They didn't go in there with a fucking format. They just came together. They exactly. Song it's done when moment. it's done. Yeah, and that right. song is literally going to produce an atmosphere. It's going to give you a feeling. And yep. To write it and force it, like okay, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, hook, whatever. It becomes very played out, and like to shorten a song literally more than half, it's yeah. What the fuck? Well, it's actually taking out two thirds of the song. Yeah, it's a lot. I bet you you're happy about that, Bill, because I know how you feel well, about the Doors, dude. It's not that I hate the Doors. There's just something mm-hmm. about them. There's like a factor in the music to where I'm not a giant fan. Yeah, I don't know if it's. I can't say it's Jim Morrison's voice because Danzig sounds a lot like Morrison, and I like Danzig. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the band that I just can't get into. You can't. Well, because I remember when um, L.A. Woman came out. Yeah. And I forget the critic review where they said it sounds like elevator music. Yeah. You know, it was like <laughs> lobby music and stuff. A lot of their stuff. I'm like not going to go that bar. far. Like I said, dude, I've read the book. I have. Which one? No one here gets out alive. Yes. The Borson. Bio- yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've read that, dude. And like, I I understand. I understand how important the band was. I definitely, definitely respect what they did. And who they are, it's just not something I can get into. You know, like, you'll never like Hawthorne Heights. First of all, we're not even going to put <laughs> them even in the same fucking league. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying they're in the yeah, same league. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, the doors are just different. I don't know if it's like, again, um, to say, like, a lot of people will force themselves to listen to bands just based on how they are. Exactly. But the doors for me, like it's just weird because it's the same thing with Pink Floyd. Their albums are created and they're they flow a certain way. Like the yeah. ups and downs, the dr- like the drama, the slow parts, the upbeat Yeah, parts. exactly. Cuz you figure when it starts with break on throw and then ends with literally the end. I mean, the, the whole dynamic of the album, 21st Century Fox, 20th Century Fox, excuse me, you know, Light My Fire as well yeah. as like Backdoor Man. I mean, these just bluesy, rocky acidy like just these songs i mean it's just for the time it came out and be able to listen to that you're not and it's the same thing i said about other bands like especially the red hot chili peppers mm-hmm. you're not going to hear that sound from anybody else no and you know i mean like i said i definitely respect and understand the music i'm just there's just something i just never got into it's okay. and it also has to do with my upbringing too like i mentioned in the last episode yeah my mom Ozzy didn't yeah, Ozzy was God. My mom didn't like The Who. She didn't like Rolling Stones. She didn't like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. That's probably where my strong detaste for all these bands come from. So to just sum this up so we can continue on with the news, I just want to ask you one question. Okay. And this is going to stay on here. We're not editing this out. <laughs> Would you rather go see Sammy Hagar Van Halen or The or Doors in Their Prime? What Sammy Hagar era Van Halen are we talking about? Like when he Whichever. first joined the band? Yeah, and like, like his prime. Sammy Hagar Van Halen. Thank you. Disgusting. Continue. Um, 1969, Elton John's first album, Empty Sky, is released. Unfortunately, it only sells 4,000 copies. So also, just with Elton John, just briefly, and I'm sure, you know, I haven't seen it yet. It just came out on Friday, 31st, yeah. uh, Rocket Man. Rocket Elton John theme movie. I mean, I'm sure people who are fans of Bohemian Rhapsody are going to go see that as well. I mean, I'm just a fan of Elton John in general. Yeah. I don't know how you guys I, feel. I really like Elton John. I'm a fan yeah. of Elton John I, as well. I'm Absolutely. excited to see it. I really want to see Rocket Man. I do yeah. want to see that as well. I actually haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody myself. You got to see that. But, I haven't yeah, seen I Bohemian it's really Rhapsody. Good. And it's funny because there is a lot of false, like, you know, moments in there, like, that were fact checked that weren't right. But just as a movie, 
right. we talked about this too with like the Straight Outta Compton as well as like yeah. you know the movie we recommended. The difference yep. between a documentary as well as a movie. Just as a movie, it's very well done. Exactly. You know. All right. Uh, 1971 year later, Jimi Hendrix's band of gypsies is certified gold. Gold. Also in 1970, uh, the with the BBC refusing to air the Kinks' new single Lola because of its reference to Coca-Cola, uh, brand names at that time were a big no-no for corporations. That's crazy. Um, their lead singer, Ray Davies, flies all the way from London to New York to re-record the line, in quotes, where you drink champagne and it tastes just like cherry cola. That's so stupid. Yeah, I know. Well, it's funny because you had nowadays they'd be like, "Yes, please, absolutely, please." Especially the Kinks. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously they did break out, but that song, as much as you, that's a song you everybody's probably heard on the radio yeah. at one point. La, 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 la. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's funny because at that point in time, it's like we don't know who the fuck you are. You're not going to ruin our brand name. Yeah, exactly. But now it's like, please. Well, now you get some stupid shit like Migos or something. They'll mention Coca-Cola. They'll be like, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Keep us relevant so we don't have to release more bullshit flavors. Yeah. For every unit that's sold, we'll give you 10 cents. Please. <laughs> All right. 1982. Elvis Presley's fabled home, Graceland, is open to the public. I've been to Graceland. Yeah, you mentioned that. It was. It's pretty cool. It's nothing like insane crazy, but... Just to like walk around in like the space that a legend, you know, a fable that like, is yeah. larger than life human being. Absolutely. Like that's where he lived. I would even just like to walk around the hotel where Sid Vicious killed, you know, allegedly to the, I mean, I guess it's convicted, but yeah, where he killed Nancy. Just being in the presence of like history. Yeah. I mean, even without having to see anything crazy, just the idea that at one point in time, like a legend just stood right there. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool. That's the toilet he shit in. When he woke up and took his morning shit, that's Wait, where you were. you able went. to shit in this toilet? I don't know. It, it what do you was, mean you don't know? You don't remember if you took a shit or not? I definitely didn't take a what shit. Did you at, go in there like blackout drunk? I didn't take a shit at Graceland. You should have, dude. I wasn't blackout either, dude. I think I was like six. Oh, uh, you should have taken a Even shit. Even more reason to do it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because <laughs> nobody's going to say nothing. Oh, it's a six-year-old pooping in Elvis's toilet. Nobody yeah, it's okay. Can <laughs> you imagine that? That's a cool story. They tell you, one day I pooped in Elvis's toilet at the age of six. <laughs> Talking grandkids and shit. It's cool as hell. What a coulda, shoulda. Damn. Uh, year 2000. We're taking a giant jump here. Um, the Allman Brothers guitarist Dickie Betts is arrested after allegedly trashing his house, threatening his wife's life, and then disappearing. He is captured in order to get psychiatric help. Poor Dickie Betts. Yeah. Um, 2001, Stained released an album, uh, Break the Cycle, and it started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. Albums chart. Isn't that the album that had It's Been a While on it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's actually their third album. And I have to say, as far as Stained goes, that's really when I started to become a fan. I think oh, I was really? probably, uh, even after that, I think that was probably the best album they released. I, I think that that is there because it has outside on it as well. Right. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean, I'm not. I, we'll get into this later. I'm not a huge fan of Stain, but those songs, like you just, you know them. Yeah. yeah, you know those songs. There's so many good ones on that album. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the other albums had good songs too, but for me, that that's that would probably be the best album they had. Sold four million copies. No, oh. so Undeniable not too shabby. Then. Yeah. All right. Um, this is probably one of the funnier ones. In uh, 2007, during a gig in New York, a fan throws something at Akon during his set. The singer brings the offender on stage, 
picks him up and then hurls him into the crowd. I, Smack that, that bitch. Just All right, so I got to yeah. see a video of this because how All did over that the crowd. happen? Did like, security forcibly bring him on stage and then Akon just like Andre well, the Giant this guy through into like a fucking crowd <laughs> surf? Like, how did this go down? Was it violent or was it like, hey, man, I'm locked up and I'm going to throw you out. You know what I mean? Like, how did <laughs> it go, dude? I mean, I, I don't know. There's not really much on this, but... That's hilarious. That, I, how did, it doesn't even say like how... This took place, or why? Like this guy just randomly threw something, and well, I mean, people goad people on stage all the time. Oh well, yeah, don't get me like, wrong. Like remember man. the video of uh, James Hetfield dodging shoes? Yeah, and then uh, no, didn't Dave Mustaine with the uh, with the one heckler? He calls him like a cousin fucker or something. Yeah, dude. or he's like, uh, this is what happens with multi generational. Yeah, and they also stop shows from time to time where, like, I I think uh, Dave Grohl like saw a girl get like punched or something, and he stopped the yeah, show. Yeah, kicked the dude out of the show. Out. Yeah, but I'm just picturing like security like escorting this guy on stage, and it's like Akon's not a big dude. No, what was this guy like five nothing? Did he just like pick him up by his like waist and his shirt collar and? I, I picture like Andre the Giant when he picked up Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? In that yeah. WrestleMania. That's what I'm picturing right now. But it's it's Akon, so it's even funnier. Akon, stop stopping mud holes in people's asses and walking them dry. It's so cool. Not to get off the topic for what you're discussing here, but you know, you have to say like too in like in two thousand fourteen when Akon, you know, supplied the electricity to six hundred million people in Africa. Well, it's you know, funny, did you see the meme about that? Where it's like Akon's the Black Panther and nobody's even realizing it. Yeah, he's got like apparently like a home like area where it's like about to start. It's like own currency. Oh, and yeah. He's really doing a lot like oh, wow. philanthropist work. Yeah, dude. He's really out there. Good yeah. for uh, Akon there. Props from Rage Against the Mainstream. Good yeah. job, buddy. I mean, I would definitely say so. I fuck with Akon. Oh, I love Akon. I remember music, when Locked dude. Up came out. I was a little ass kid acting like I was in the fuck count. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. love that fucking song, man. <laughs> and then you're walking around saying smack that. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. Teacher sent into the office. Yeah, you could not not like Akon if you grew up in like the 90s and early 2000s. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. He was everywhere. And he's, he was. everybody was singing with Akon. Everybody has a song with him. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Yep. Dude, like, literally, he, was, like everybody. he was everywhere for a very <laughs> long really time. Was, yeah. dude. <laughs> music news. All right, so music news here. A little updates. Uh, Hell Yeah uh, announced first album tour since Vinnie Paul's death. Oh, God. Yeah, man. Rest in peace, Vinnie Paul, dude. That's um, a tough one. Yeah, they announced a new album, uh, End Tour. It is the first since the death of, you know, obviously the most one of the most well-known drummers, especially in the metal scene, Vinnie Paul. Obviously, if you're not familiar, Pantera. I mean, if you're not familiar at that place, dude, what the fuck are you listening to this for? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Vinnie Paul was just an excellent, excellent guy, excellent drummer. Um, and going forward, the album is uh, called Welcome Home. It's going to be out September 27th. Uh, title track it dropped uh, back on May 17th. Um, uh, also, the band had previously announced they were working on a new album prior to his death when he died at the age of 54. Uh, the record will feature some of his final recordings with the oh, band, that's great. which is good. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Um, and it says here that uh, they did have a couple shows at the event uh, they had in Las Vegas. Uh, John Katz presented the band with an official proclamation from the Clark County Board of Commissioners declaring May 11th as Vinnie Paul Day. There we go. Yeah, Stone Sour drummer Moore, uh, Roy Mayora, Mayorga. Played uh, with Hell Yeah at that show and will continue to perform with the band on the road. Here's the thing, dude. Um, when Vinnie Paul died, yeah, the the Grammys happened like immediately afterwards. Yeah, they did like the in memoriam, and they didn't mention him at all. Yeah, I don't really want. Yeah, like that. Like I don't know. Like 
Pantera, I don't know if they won any Grammys, but I know they were definitely nominated for a, a lot. Well, it's funny because I, actually, I think Walk won a Grammy. I think it did too, and it's funny. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna say this dude's name. It, it's just sad me? because Pantera alone. I mean, that is a band that again, if you're not affiliated or like really into a metal genre, you're not gonna just be a predominantly country genre listener and like yeah, love Pantera. Exactly. But Pantera is transcendent because I know a lot of people that you wouldn't think but love Pantera. Dude, everybody knows they're, Walk. They're very it, Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows Walk. Because like, even if you go to bars just to hang out, that song will fucking come out somewhere. Dude. Oh my God, yeah. It's almost like when you hear a Fleetwood Mac song and you didn't know it was Fleetwood Mac and then you find <laughs> out who it is. It's like you hear this song, you know, Walk a thousand times and it's like, yo, Pantera. Song, yeah, exactly. I've heard that song before. But yeah, that is a shame that they didn't mention them in that. But it's good that they're uh, they're moving on. Yeah, no, it's it's always good when you see ours move on at least, and they are always too empathetic with the family as well. Exactly, like, get the signing off for that. Um, also, here in news, Kurt Cobain pizza soaked setless plate sells for twenty two thousand dollars at auction. So it says here, a Nirvana fan bought a used paper plate that frontman Kurt Cobain ate pizza off uh, once. And dude, it was sold for twenty two grand. Now here's the thing: the sale took place at an auction, oh but on member Julian's auction. Same people that we mentioned last. Oh yeah, last week with the, with the John shit. Yeah, uh, they put on their music Leon's uh, event on Saturday in Times Square. Uh, the paper plate also had handwritten set list and black marker that we used at the nine thirty nightclub in Washington D.C. Uh, Washington D.C. back in ninety. Oh wow! So this is pre Nevermind. Yeah. That's kind of so cool. So this got a fucking set list written on it. Kurt Cobain eat pizza off of it. And it's a little paper plate, like grungy as fuck perfectly. And it's got his handwritten set list on it. Before I wonder it um, I wonder what songs were on there. I the, guarantee there had it was to be majority bleach, but there's songs. definitely a lot of Nevermind shit on there. That's you pretty figure cool. 90, they were definitely still playing some of that shit. Yeah, exactly. Leading up to it. Mm-hmm. But what songs I would be interested in now. Um, it was estimated to sell for 1000 to 2000 but obviously went for 22 fucking grand. That's insane. What do you do with that? You frame it? I don't know. Let's ask Connor. Uh, yeah, I'd say for $22,000, it's going to get in a fucking frame on my wall. I'm, I'm going to eat pizza off it, too. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I would probably do it. That's what Kurt would want. Yeah. I'm sure the fucking marker what you want. wrote on there was obvious. I would eat one slice off of it. And yeah, then you'd it would have frame. to. Just yeah. to say you did. Yeah. I ate off the same plate Just to as be Kurt satisfied. Cobain. I would probably see if I could soak some of the grease out of the plate. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely... Yeah, I would take some of that grease That's a fucking off. problem right there. Take some of that Washington, D.C. Could you imagine, pizza? like... <laughs> I, I From 1990. Some, I suck some of... Kurt Cobain's pizza grease. Yeah, that's just... <laughs> hey, man, whatever. Man. Whatever floats your boat, dude. Is DNA on there? Can we clone him? Hmm. Hmm. No, that's not going to work. Breaking laws of physics here at Rage Against the Mainstream. I would like to know this. Let's ask uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> ask the audience. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's get in touch with him. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame architect I.M. Pai dies at age 102. God Damn. bless. Mm. I.M. Pai, the architect who designed uh, yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Yeah, he died at 102. Uh, according to the Associated Press, the legendary architect passed away in his sleep. Uh, he was confirmed dead Thursday morning by a spokesperson for his uh, New York for, uh, firm, Mark Diamond. Uh, no cause of death has been revealed to the public yet. Probably old age. Yeah, I mean, 102. Yeah, like, like what are we investigating? What, what, at, this, at this point, what wouldn't yeah, be old age? For real. Uh, in a story with the Associated Press, 
Um, it was talked about his love for architecture and design, noting that each project he created was one he wanted people to enjoy. I mean, obviously, the Rock it's, and I Roll mean, Hall of Fame. I, you, you literally just it. talked about this, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few episodes ago. Yeah. You just talked yeah. about, you know, the... You know when it was built. Yeah, on yeah, the possible news. locations it could have been. So it right. could have been yeah, Philadelphia. Just, yeah. That would have been fucking awesome. That would have been really cool. Yeah, um, I feel like they did. Instead, you got to drive to Cleveland. Yeah, was, I mean, I'm yeah. telling you right now, I haven't been there, but in my lifetime, I'm definitely oh, going yeah, there. Definitely. My father-in-law has been there multiple times. He says it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I would love to go there. That's mm-hmm. like that's alone is like you know people. Are like, oh, we're going on vacation to Disney. I'm dude. I'm vacation to Cleveland yeah. just to fucking see that thing. Hell yeah, absolutely. Um, also, further in the news here. Uh, Soundgarden have unveiled plans to release live film in an album uh, called Soundgarden, live from the artist's den. That's uh, cool. Yeah, the, the material uh, set for release July 26th in conjunction with Chris Cornell's estate, uh, the artist's den, it hails from uh, February 17th of 2013. It was a live from the artist's den taping at the Wiltern in Los Angeles, California. Um, it concluded the group's U.S. winter tour in support for their final album, King Animal. I saw them on that tour. Did you? Was it yep. awesome? They, they were good, dude. Um, Soundgarden's another one of those bands like I love. Yeah, I love right. grunge, but I there's just something about. Soundgarden. Well, it's funny because like on a previous episode, Connor did mention Super Unknown being like literally if he was stranded on the beach, that being the best <laughs> grunge. Now, granted, I absolutely love Chris Cornell. I loved Audio Slave. Yeah, I loved even of his solo stuff. I love Soundgarden, and I mean, this is yeah, I, I'm excited for this because I know you're yeah. like kind of indifferent about them. Like, yeah, dude, it, them, I don't but, love yeah. them. I don't hate them. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, if it's on, I'm not going to turn it off. Yeah, it says real quick here too: the career spanning uh, nearly two and a half hour set comprised of 29 songs and included, you know, "Hunted Down," "Black Hole Sun," several King Animal tracks, and uh, they were, you know, by Crooked Steps and been away too long. I'm so glad I finally get to hear "Black Hole Sun" live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. That's not been away too long. I remember when that was first dropped. It was used um, in a Sons of Anarchy episode. And you know it was, what? Like super badass. You know. What also, it. people tend to forget um, the song "Live to Rise" from the first Avengers movie. That song was pretty good. Yeah. You know what song was. I'm talking about? No. Like the sun, we will live to rise. No, yeah, I don't remember that. That fucking song. Was awesome. I mean, I only seen the movie one time, so I mean, you only seen Avengers once. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, get I, the fuck out of here. So. With mentioning these bands, I mean, obviously, we were just discussing too with you how you feel about Soundgarden. Um, I mean, the reason why yeah, I'm asking I mean, this is because I mean, there's just if you think about music in general, there's so many bands out there that people just have an immediate disdain to. Yes, like they're mentioned, and it should be like across the board, unanimous, like don't like them. Yeah. You know, and then you hear somebody who likes a band that you're like kind of thrown off, like that's weird, and you kind of have to get an in depth idea of like what else do they listen to for them to enjoy that, and what's the exactly. reason behind it? Because I, like I mentioned, there's bands out there that I hate, and it'll kind of be with the general consensus of bands that are hated, but a lot of it goes beyond just to hate for no reason. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I just want to hear. Obviously, you know, we brought Will on here. Um, he's kind of like the minority, well, probably the majority, especially with Bill setting the tone with Soundgarden. I'm probably the absolute minority, but I want to hear both your opinions, and well, obviously I'll share mine. Just to add, I have said this in previous episodes, about, that I am the guy that will stick up for these type of bands. Of course. Because I think about it more, more than just the image of the band or what they convey the the preconception yeah i'm yeah. i'm about the music like dude if you got good riffs and you got good grooves 
That's it for Lyrical me. Lyrical content's important. Exactly. Well, I Stage mean, stage presence also. Live performances dude, are a big deal. Yeah, exactly. But even like lyrical content, it's not really that. What's more important to me is the actual music itself. Like if you have a good riff and a good groove, I'm but then in. you're missing an important factor of you know you have to understand a lyricist. You know the idea of separating itself to poetry. Yeah. The same way with instrumental work and going back to like orchestras and how you compose these songs. Um, you know, the poetry aspect of it, you know, if you're going down there and you're just writing generic lyrics to fill a song, yeah, if the riffs are there and the music's heavy and it's catchy, you know, it's listenable. But if I'm really going to like an artist, I got to go like the whole 100% in depth to figure out what's going on there. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bands that I absolutely don't like that people will like, you know, it's weird, especially in the genres I'm familiar with and they don't understand it. Well, that's the thing, dude. It's all about, it's all opinionated. Yeah. I mean, and that's why we have a vessel like this to be able to, you know, bring people together or drive them away. That's That's right. So (laughs) from both of you, since obviously this is going to turn out to be a two on one situation, I can already fucking feel it the way you're both (laughs) looking at me. You guys you have, entered the lion's den. Yeah, you guys got like rape in your eyes. I can see it right now. Like, no, it's just it's called preparation. You're trying to take my opinion and bend it over. No, no, no. With no, no loop. Nobody wants to do I can that. Already see. But it. we just we just can't have you on here. You know, saying these things about these bands without them having a without defense. having. Of course, yeah. There's no, got to there's got to be a defense. I'm gonna. For these. This is all right. So the you're gonna hear that it we first. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna know. just set the tone immediately here on Rage Against the Mainstream. You're about to hear two individuals possibly stand up for your most hated bands. That's I'm true. excited to see how this is going to happen, and I'm going to just do my best to kind of like at least be what the general consensus says, but I'm going to give a reason. Well, okay. I, I think also before you're going a little too far there when you're saying the general consensus, because just because the people love to hate these bands doesn't mean that it's necessarily more people hate them than don't. It's just a lot of times people have, they're very forceful with their opinions, Yeah, and I think that's more or less. Well, also, too, a lot of people, and I said this as well, like because... For instance, we'll just start with the first band being like Nickelback. Nickelback, yeah. The first thing you'll hear is like joke of a band, yeah. horrible, terrible, and then that's why I say general consensus because a lot of these people, cookie will cutter, say corporate that. machine, yeah, will say that yeah. but have no reason. It's the same thing, and I don't want right. to dive into politics with just supporting something and having no reason why you are. Yeah, exactly. Just because. Just because. I mean, literally. Here's the thing, dude. The way I feel about Nickelback, and you know. Everyone has their consensus on it or whatever. But I have heard on interviews of people that we hold in very high regard that talk Supporting. very good about that. Yeah, no, you, yeah. Like, dude, in my opinion, there's no bigger like advocate or no bigger person that can advocate for this band other than Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell has said that Nickelback is one of the greatest live bands he's ever seen. And from seeing Alice in Chains live multiple times, that's a pretty big statement. Yeah, no, I can definitely understand. I mean, that. and plus, dude, don't get me wrong—the Chad Kroger vocal thing—I'm not a giant fan of it. It gets annoying. He's ripping off Eddie Vedder, all that other shit. But the cocksucker could play guitar, dude. He could play guitar. The drummer is is fucking insane. Like they're they're a very good band, and I feel like. People associate the band in a negative light because of Chad Kroger. That makes the strong distaste for the band. Where well, if Chad Kroger wasn't the singer, yeah, no one would hate the band. Well, it's like the superficial value of it. Exactly. It's songs you heard, I mean, like Photograph. Um, you know, well, there's, yeah. there's several songs, and it's funny, too, because, again, this is a band 
especially me growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, huge. Like yeah. Nickelback yeah. was insane just, huge. So uh, even with like Limp Biscuit, Corn, mm-hmm. I mean, all these bands that generally me, I'm not going out of my way to listen to, especially with like Nickelback and Creed. I don't, I just, I can't find anything there that like makes me like want to put on an album, makes me want to listen to like a song. Like there's just nothing in that musical value that that's what triggers me. Yeah. You know, for instance, and like, but again, when I talk about other bands of that era, like for instance, my genre, the people that I'm familiar with, that I grew up with, that I listen to music to with, you put on corn, like they ain't going to hear it. They don't fuck corn type attitude. Yeah. And I expanded more as I go to work because that first corn album, it's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. It's groundbreaking. Right, because it is, and that's the thing. We talk about what Nirvana did the same way Korn tried to pave that way for that NU, you know, groove. Exactly. Like metal type scene. And, yep. Um, but then going back to like these other bands, because even Will, you mentioned like Stained. Yeah. You know, like, see, the, th- the thing with Stained is, I mean, the, the, the backstory, you know, about that band, especially with the singer, you know, having his problems and like going to prison and, you know, everything with a lot of things he wrote on. Uh, that's where I kind of like appreciate it. Right. But then it goes to the musical sense. It's just so like I feel like I don't feel like if I put on a Pantera album, if I put on even like an Eminem album, if I put on, you know, any type of album, especially like when I brought to the doors, like there's something it does yeah. to me where I want to listen to more. Well, that, that, that's kind of how Stained was for me. Yeah. I'd say, like, when that album released and, you know, being at that time, you know, 15, 16 years old, you know, still in, you know, high school, you know, going through your difficulties, you know, that kind of, you kind of put the album on and it kind of just sets the mood and it makes you just feel like everything's okay. Like, you kind of almost relate to, like, some of the songs, some of the lyrics, and it kind of just, at that time, put that's me in a place that really 100%. felt, like, comfortable. So that's why it was, like, always, like, hey, you know, you're having a shitty day. Let me put on Stained. Let me listen yeah. to this. Or, you know... Not necessarily Nickelback. That wouldn't be my choice for that <laughs> time of the day. But, you know, like Creed as well. Like, you know, you know, that's another band we're going to talk about. But like Creed was another band that I would just put on, you know, the songs. You know, Weathered was one of my favorite albums uh, from them. Uh, but again, the music just kind of related and it just spoke, you know. It's funny you mentioned, too, like time, because I was actually talking to you about this, Bill. Mm-hmm. That is like the pr- th- that's the one thing people will never understand about music to be able to immediately discuss. That's not the first thing that usually comes to mind, but it is the best explanation on trying to describe why you like an art. It's the same thing with tattoos. Be like, why did you get that? Exactly. You don't need to know. It's a personal right. perception. And that's I wanted why I to never get can, an asshole. That's, that's, that's why, why I can never judge people with their taste in music, because like you're mentioning with like coming home, having a bad day, and you're right. putting on like it's been a while, or like outside, or one of yeah. those songs, and being able to listen to it, and having that nostalgia behind it. Right. That's the same thing with people that listen to music from like, you know, the 70s and the 60s that exactly. you didn't maybe understand at a time, but it's like when they heard those songs in a certain moment of their life, it right. just is related to them. Yep. And that's why I talk about like certain artists, especially in the 2000s, that typically are not enjoyed by. And I'm going to go out there with the guilty pleasure type aspect, fucking like the whole pop punk, like early 2000s emo scene. Yeah. You know, Newfound Glory, Sum 41. My Chemical Romance. My Chemical Romance, The Used. Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back, Brand New. Yeah. I mean, Brand New, especially with us being in, you know, high school, that was such a, like, a groundbreaking band at exactly. that teenage years of, like, the people that were listening to it. It was like, yep. Deja and Tendu is an excellent fucking album. Mm-hmm. But again, it's funny because typically the people that I surround myself with, the music that I came up with, if I mentioned, like, there were even people I knew that hated Tool. And that's I refuse, crazy. and like that's the thing. When you're younger, you're kind of like in that peer pressure zone where you're gonna like and hate things exactly. just to fit in concept. But yep. as I got older, I'm like, no, dude. Like, bro, if I want to put on Taylor Swift, I'm gonna put on T Swift. Right. 
exactly. if I'm going to listen to Kesha, I'm going to listen to Foster well, so you, Kesha. Just like, like what you just said, like the bands you just named, like out of those bands, I've heard of them all, but I'll be honest, I haven't really heard anything except for like some 41. Yeah. So I really think like you said, growing up, it really develops on like what everyone else is listening to. If someone was listening to like My Chemical Romance all the time, like, hey, listen to this, like maybe I would have got it into would be that embedded. band. Yeah, exactly. It's not necessarily like, oh my God, this song's, this band's great. It's necessarily like your experiences. And Under how Oath you is that. another one from like, around that time. Just, yeah. just to back up like to Nickelback, for instance, like Nickelback, is, it's just everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't go shopping. You couldn't watch a movie. Like it's just everywhere. Every yeah, radio station you change man. to. No matter what station you put on, it's on. You know? This song, it's a country song, so it's on the country station. Yep. This song, it's on the rock station. This song's on, you know, yeah. Q102 because yeah. they're just all over the well, place with their music. This also goes into the thing that we were talking about before. Like they're doing their job. Dude, they're writing... I mean, the then again, we don't know if everybody. they're writing these songs like themselves or they're getting them for producers or whatever. But if these dudes are writing these songs by themselves, they're like songwriting geniuses, dude. Like that, may, maybe not geniuses. Let, yeah, that's but they not, definitely know how to make a commercial song that will okay. sell. But then it's like, do you wonder? I mean, does Nickelback Creed? I mean, they're never in the news with like the controversy and things like that. Well, Creed and, is with Scott Stapp. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that I, dude's a nut. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, typically, like when you hear about a band, yeah, right? like when we talked about like way you know a few episodes prior with like the dirt, and you got to know information, like even Ozzy when he was coming up, and you know other bands with their issues and coming to light, and you know especially yeah. like the grunge scene, like those artists were just well exposed for being just like you know degenerates, so to speak, yeah. you know, and it's. It's with these bands, It's I start to wonder with a lot of them like that become commercially successful and like what are you writing the music for? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, like, gets, it gets to that, a point of credibility. And that's where like again where Stain comes into play especially because I know those songs definitely have some meaning behind them yeah, on right. why they were written. They have some passion for his craft alone. But then again, that's for me where it separates because I didn't hear it in a specific time. There was other music I was listening to. Right. Yep. I mean, especially like Fleetwood Mac. I mean, that's just like perfect, like heartbreak music. You know, if I was like yeah. fucking 13 years old, I was the weirdo <laughs> listening to like, go your own way. You know what I mean? It's just, there's a different type. I'm getting old. Yeah. Well, you also got to think too, like, you know, when you're in the car with your parents, like that's the shit they're listening exactly. to. So that's exactly. what you listen to. Like now, like when I I drive down the road with my son. He makes me put on like the new rap and stuff. And it's like, well, you're never going to get the, like, you don't even know who the Beatles are. Yeah. You're not going to get that appreciation because I don't make you listen to it. Not force you, but so yeah, exactly. for you to experience that music, you have to hear it at some point. Somebody has to influence you. Well, you are your environment. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, it's like I said in the last episode, like you are who your friends are type attitude. Exactly. Yep. Like it's almost that nature versus nurture concept in mm -hmm. psychology. You know, it's like the idea like you're going to be brought up a certain way. Yeah. These things are going to happen. And a lot of the reasons you listen and the way you dress and everything comes from the people you surround yourself exactly. with. Coming uh, from, you know, growing up and my I am my surroundings, whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like a band that people love to hate for no reason is Warrant. But you know what's funny? I don't even fucking like really hate Warren. Dude, like, cherry people, pie, dude. I, well, dude, there's I, even more than just cherry pie. Like that was just one single. I know, but like, it's their saying, album like, Dirty Rotten Filthy Stinking Rich is insane. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's a band where I never like what really defies like for me to listen to an artist and really like a band. I'm yeah. going to go out and seriously buy an album or mm -hmm. listen to a whole album front right. to back and I'll listen to it more than a handful of times. Yeah, exactly. Warren, I've never listened, but here's the thing, that song Cherry Pie, I heard that when I was first like listening to Judas Priest, you know, just heard Ride the Lightning, Yeah, you know, and then like, it felt a little wayside. It was like, I, I was trying, because my parents were never into like metal or harder rock music, yeah. so I kind of had to fire on my own. So the first thing I'm doing, I'm going on live, like LimeWire and just fucking downloading whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember those days. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. And it's even funny because like I'll mention a band that a lot of people fucking hate, and I'm sure you probably both like them, Journey. Oh yeah, I love Journey. A Journey, lot of people I know. Journey's just one of those bands though. Like they are like they're more than just like a band. Like they're like almost like a lifestyle, if you will. Like, yeah. They're, like they're one of those bands like we were talking about before with bands that you see every summer. Yeah. Like Journey is like the XTU or MMRBQ. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like you know, like when summer rolls around, you and your parents or whatever, your parents are going to invite you to go see Journey. Just like how Billy Joel like play Madison Square Garden every single year for exactly. You know I mean, just a, it's like a routine. It's an event. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, back to Warren, dude. Like Cherry Pie is probably their most well-known song. Yeah. Their second known is probably that song Heaven. You know, Heaven isn't too far away. Hey, I've heard that before. That song, mm, yeah. Dude, there's songs that are like heavy. Like there's a song called Uncle Tom's Cabin that's off but, that album. I, mean, I, th- I think also too, about it. when you talk about like people who love to hate, like for instance Warren, I think like like you said earlier, like people just say like, oh, I don't like that shit. Like you haven't yeah. even listened to the album. You didn't give it a chance. Like you just want to for whatever reason. And that like, bothers. No, me. I'm not doing this. Oh, I hate that. Like, like dude, give like it an in, opportunity. Um, in Pearl Jam 20, which we watched, you know, a little Several while ago, ago yeah. there was an interview with Andy Wood, and he's like, you know, I don't want to be the next Warren, and it's like, it's like why? Yeah, like I mean, and like that was like the grunge thing, and yeah. you know, they were rebelling against that hair metal deal, but like I feel like they just got like a bad rep because of the era they came out in. And you're thinking of bands like Firehouse. Well, and you got to like figure that. they're coming and out Winger. on like the tail end of some of like the greater musicians of that genre because exactly. you figure, especially with the hair metal scene, it was almost like you know the Titanic. Only so many people could get on a fucking lifeboat. Like exactly. Skid Row made it out and they still have credibility. Van yep. Halen obviously being a part of it, they're always going to have credibility. Yep. You know, even Motley Crue bon isn't Jovi. a love-hate thing, but they still are going to keep their credibility. Then other bands that kind of just fell to the wayside, like Rat, Poison. I mean, Scorpions are like well-known to be hated, yeah. but they barely made it on there. But then bands like Warren just didn't make the cut. So it's like generally it's just going to be like, I don't like them. Exactly. But it, it, again, it's that's why I have to ask, like, why? What's like, what's the reason? And I'm not going to go out on a limb to stand up for Warrant because, again, I'm not a huge fan. But I don't like the song Cherry Pie. I didn't fucking yeah, exactly. Like, say, oh, this sucks. You know, a band that I feel like is actually like credible to hate, and like there's actually good reason for it. You two. <laughs> Remember I, a few years ago when they put the song on the well, fucking yeah, iPhones? Dude, I go into my iTunes I'm and still, I'm I'm cruising through, and I'm like, man, I don't ever remember downloading and you couldn't YouTube. delete it yeah and right. you couldn't delete it and i'm very ocd about organizing my library ever since i had like a you know a black and white ipod before there was even iphones or anything i'm very ocd about it so the fact that i had to constantly scroll through my artist list and U two was on yeah. there and it wasn't by choice like Bono, you know, come on you know too, I, I understand the reason why they did it like oh let's get our music out but like for me because of the fact that they forcefully Force put that shit on my phone I'm, i now refuse I to listen it. to it yep didn't even just open out it. of principle. Like you know what? Fuck and it's you. Not even like, like, you're not going to tell me like, what I'm going to listen to. It could have been good. What is you? Is Maybe. you struggling for like you know listens or something? Because I don't think that's the case. I don't understand. Like, did they think they were doing us a service? Hello, hello. I don't even know how that this was even possible. Was and, but the fact go. that you couldn't delete it, like yeah. there was no it was stuck on there. Like I can understand if you put it on there. Like, cool. Thanks for doing this. I'll keep it around and give. It, oh, I don't really like it. Let me. Get I'll rid listen of it. to it. Or like you know what? It. Just put it on there. Like it's you know. Hey, we have this album out. It's free to download. Yeah, and allow people to delete it if they want. Um, but also when you talk about bands that generally are just hated and it can kind of like ICP, insane clown posse, <laughs> insane clown posse, dude. I. Here's the thing. 
here's the thing. I feel like Insane Clown Posse, dude, has gotten a bad rep because of their fan base. The Juggalos. The Juggalos. I feel like they've ruined any credibility that band ever had. Like, the big thing with them, dude, is they were a major influence on Eminem. Like, they were as much of an influence as the Beastie Boys were. Well, for his battles, you mean. Huh? For Eminem's, like, battles with him, like, over the music. No, 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 Like, Eminem has cited Insane Clown Posse as an influence. It was, like, the aggression and, like... Yeah. Pretty much, like, And, dude, like, if... Like, I was listening to Insane Clown Posse the other day, and they are... uh, Artists now, like, some, like, underground rap artists are, like, very reminiscent of that Insane Clown Posse sound. Like, it's, like, I guess they call it, like, horror rap or something. Yeah, and I mean that's what they yeah they considered Eminem especially that as well exactly and I don't feel like I don't feel like they're that bad. So with that band in general, I mean majority of the time you meet especially the following, it's just dude they're they're just hard to get along with. I mean, but again, yeah, it's really based like the music kind of influences it, and then they develop the personality, and then it's like trying to outdo each other to become this like really outlandish group, and then that's what they became. But the band itself, the music, like that's another band. I just there's just nothing in the music. Yeah, and I totally I, I, can, I can understand that. The idea is like because I've I've seen like with ICP shows. I mean, when they're out there with the tanks and they're out there blowing up, you know, the balloons, and they're out there like doing. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just very. It's like almost a gang type atmosphere with them, and. Also, with that aside, just the music alone, it, it's just, it's like, I don't... I will give them a little bit of cred, though. The Rock Allegiance Festival that just came yeah. through. Violent J tried to dropkick Fred Durst. I saw that. Yeah. Dude, like, he came within inches of fucking laying really him out. It was a fucking weak dropkick, though. It was dude. a weak dropkick, but dude, if he would have landed that shit, that would have been awesome. Yeah. That would have been, like, beyond street cred. That was pretty funny. I, I mean, mean, like, I have to say, like, you know, because obviously a friend of mine, you know, he's he's a big ICP fan. And, yeah. you know, back when we were younger, again, this is going back to, like, you know, 17, 18 years old. This is the influence of the music that was around at that time for him and I. I have to say, like, you know, I never really had an issue listening to their music. I don't think it's bad. I think it's, 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 I guess it doesn't really have a place to per se, like, on the radio as to per reason why you never hear it. Exactly. So it's like, and I that's feel why like you'll never hear certain a few Eminem episodes ago, you, the first you talked Matters about, album. like, bands that, like, kind of basically mold themselves around however they can make more money and not about how they can play their music. Like, for them, they're not on the radio. It's not about, like, oh, yeah. push albums down people's throats. We're just going to write these songs. We're going to sing it. We're going to have a good time. I mean, you can look it up. That, you know, all the time they're doing, like, donations for, like, Toys for Tots. So it's yeah, like charity stuff, big, yeah. bad group or what you think. And then over here, they're doing all this charity events and stuff. And I feel like sometimes because of the bad rep, they don't get the credibility that they deserve in some No, respects. that's interesting insight I agree because, that, yeah. like, when you can separate the idea and as I mentioned like even like politics religion like with trying to force someone down something's throat and them just being outright rejecting it or trying to go against it but not really understanding why right and the idea with like ICP again the music that's what I try to limit it to like we're talking about artists we're talking about musicians we're talking about the sound they produce and not so much what they do and for on a respect level because let's say like ICP wasn't ICP but instead was like for instance Soundgarden and they weren't as well known but they were hated but they were doing all these things behind the scene they weren't on the radio they weren't doing things the name itself, like I like Soundgarden, so I'm gonna like this, but I'm not gonna like ICP. Yeah, just exactly. because for what? You right. know, again, but yep. it's like the music for me. I never and you mentioned like you had a, a taste for it, just what right, came exactly. up as you were coming up, and um, right. but I'll respect that. I'll respect. I love when you hear about artists that are able to make a name and make a following, and also be able to support themselves and not be struggling day to day through playing bars and shit. Yeah, and you never hear them on the radio. 
Yep. That's right. like that's such a valuable thing in music that people fail to miss because yeah. a lot of people will listen to stuff because they heard it on 93.3. Yep. Or they heard this fucking dude on, you know, whatever radio station and, you know, saw a music video on whatever. And Right. All right. Well, let's jump to an even bigger extreme. Mm. Totally opposite end of the spectrum. Mm. Boy bands. Okay. NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, LFO. Yeah. All LFO. them bands. So you can start with this because I mean I know I am a fan of Backstreet Boys. Yeah, I, I'm not I afraid. As well, yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it. I get where the music goes, you know. And again, we're going back to when you're growing up around that time. You know, Backstreet Boys were a big influence. They're they're everywhere, like Nickelback. Exactly. And you just you just can't you just can't put aside you know the the amount of the albums they've sold, the popularity. They're just they're huge. And I understand that you know maybe you know you feel different about the kind of music, but you know. I just I, I enjoy the music. The lyrics are good. I mean, you'll hear me singing "I Want It That Way" on a drunk night with my friends. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, it's it's funny because like I know Bill, you mentioned, but here's here's the the thing where you talk about like the peer pressure aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Like coming up, you were almost like soft, like you know, like a, quote unquote wimp, you know, as a little kid when you're yeah. listening to like these bands, like exactly. Oh. But here's the thing that's really fucking funny about it because that's again. When those songs come on, I'm not going out of my way to change it. Right. Like I like exactly. they come on, I don't mind NSYNC. I don't mind Backstreet Boys. I don't even mind LFO and ninety eight degrees. Yeah. I don't mind them. Like when they come on and it is that nostalgic value. But here's the funny thing. I know a lot of people when they were younger that probably talk shit on these bands. But especially who's doing the reunion? In sync. In sync. Yeah. And a lot of people No 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 come- the Backstreet Boys. No, no, Backstreet Boys aren't reun no ninety eight degrees is doing a re is Who's reunion. doing a reunion show? I don't think any of them. I think 90 Degrees is. Backstreet Boys has a residency in Las Vegas. NSYNC will never get back together so it's, unless all the members agree on it. But and I don't think Justin Timberlake with, like, wants to do it. One of them becoming super relevant again for something. So is it based on the residency? Yeah, it's Backstreet Boys. Because I just know a lot of people that will come out right today now that they're older and they stop caring about what other people think. And right. we're so fucking gung-ho to go see Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, any of them, that at one point in their life they were like, Ugh, never listen to that. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because you get to see the progression of when you get older and you start to lose that feeling of like liking something just because other people Everybody, don't. Yeah. You want or caring what other people think. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, I, I say that I like the Backstreet Boys. In high school, nobody said shit. Nobody. The guys never sang any songs. Nobody. They went home in their rooms, closed the door, made sure nobody was around, and turned that shit and on. Sitting like, there yes. crying the shape of my heart. Yeah, well, exactly. It's funny too, <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to bring in his, you know, what he did. But when we mentioned Michael Jackson a few weeks ago, yeah. I remember listening to Thriller with my fiance in the car and she even broke it to me at one point she's like it's really nice to be able to listen to this with you because i love this music but i was never able to admit it just yeah because the general thing around right. the people she i got ridiculed like, for listening to backstreet boys yeah, yeah absolutely. and it's crazy because it is and that that's why i really like when you do come to that real just honest view where you can admit because again if you like fucking nickelback i'm not going to say you have a shit taste in music i'm going to yeah. understand that you have a different taste in music absolutely because it's the yes. complete understanding like i don't know where you heard that song what it did for you and that's the blessing of music in general exactly like that's what music's for exactly dude you know? it's just to produce feeling yep. it's to produce emotion like i mean how many times have you heard a song and immediately a memory came to you yep. from like when you were yeah. 12 i mean look at this photograph yeah. you know <laughs> no pun intended i mean but that is the butt joke of the whole situation i mean they just become that notoriously known to hate band but again like i said it doesn't matter what you like you know as lo- like music and as long as you're listening dude yeah. Like if you find yeah. something, music is absolute therapy, and it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's just at least you have some exactly. value behind it. Before we move on to uh, our review of Hired Gun, yeah, I uh, 
I do want to talk about a meme band real quick. That's uh, that's you know gaining some traction again. Mm. Smash Mouth. Yeah, and that all star thing that's going yeah. on. <laughs> Wait, what was like? What did it get brought back up again? Um, there's that dude John Sudano. Yeah, he's actually from this area. He was in a local band called Me Versus I. Give okay. a shout out to those guys, even though they're not together anymore. <laughs> um, dude, it was the funniest thing. Like I, I was on Facebook and I saw it said John Lennon Imagine cover. And I was like, I didn't know this fucking dude could sing. I know he's a good drummer, yeah. but I didn't know he can sing. And dude, like he, the the you know the piano came in and shit. Then he's like, somebody wants to. I was like, what the fuck? And then next thing you know, dude, you're seeing these videos everywhere. And then you know, YouTubers like Jared Dines are like making fun of this like Smash Mouth thing. And then out of nowhere, dude, they blew back up. And it's like all because of the song from Shrek. Yes. Right. Like, are you shitting me? Yeah. Here's the thing. Do you remember the first Smash Mouth album? Like, Walking on the Sun? Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, that, that was, was, that that was, was good pretty album. good. Yeah. Like, for what, I always for liked what it Smash was Mouth, back then, you know? it was pretty good. To me, like, Smash Mouth, you know, it had its time, and, you know, it was good music. To me, I would compare them, like, with, like, Sugar Ray, for instance. Sugar yeah. Ray, I always thought was a good band. Again, it was, you know, not, they're not around anymore, but, you know, yeah, it was it was good music for the time. What was that song? Which one? Sunday. Sugar Ray. Every Morning? Every morning there's a halo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Uh, someday, when the world has passed me by. Yeah, you had and all those. And I you know what's funny? A lot of those songs fly. too were like were like part of that like American Pie scene. Like all those like weird. Like, yeah. Just like yeah. they just can't. They were just like one hits, but it's just like a whole like just all those songs just blanket like your childhood. Yeah, exactly. Like, they all have like different feel. It's almost like uh, one song by Lit. You know, it's uh, my own worst enemy. My own worst enemy. I mean, just there's so many songs like by artists that just never broke through, and then they're either hated or loved. But I mean, yeah. a lot of those songs, it's funny. But it, yeah, going back to Smash Mouth, I I'm not a huge fan. Again, this is another band. But again, if those songs come on, I'm not going out of my way. Like All Star, I'm not going out of my way just to turn it off. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't like, oh, this is horrible again. It's just you know what? Maybe maybe we can get him in here for an interview and ask him what what the whole like stigma around all star was. Yeah. If you're listening to this, John, please contact us at R A T M podcast at gmail.com. We'll schedule an interview. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So guys, last week we suggested for you all to watch the movie hired gun. It's a documentary on Netflix. The movie is based around studio musicians that have appeared on some of your favorite songs. Maybe not so favorite songs, whatever. Right. But they were on there. Some of them you know, some of them you don't know. Some of them were credited, some of them weren't. How did you feel about this movie, Will? Well, Come I mean, in, Well, actually, let's just give a background here. Me and Steve are musicians. Will is not. Will right. is just an avid music fan. Um, coming from a place of not knowing, you know, like the inner workings of right. the music industry, how did you, what did you think about this movie? So, well, let me start off. I, I think in, as a general consensus, like the, the film itself, I thought was, was very good at dis- depicting what it was meant to depict. Yeah. So, you know, watching this film and it's, it's really interesting to see how all this is formed. Cause you know, you talked about hired gun as far as, you know, the drummer, you know, going around and waiting for a band to pick them. I, I really didn't have an idea that that's how it was. Yeah. I thought, like, you see a band, like, you know, let's just say Kiss or whoever it may be, like, you know, you have your members and, like, that's it, that's Kiss. You know, I didn't realize that it was, like, 
you know, sometimes after you tour, a drummer drops out, a new one steps in. Exactly. Or even sometimes midway through, someone steps in, someone steps out. Especially in a band like Kiss, you'd never know. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, you don't even know, you know, they call you up and you're like, hey, like, you know, next week we're, we're on tour now. Next week I need you to learn all 17 of the songs we're playing. And you got to be like ready to, exactly. to step in. And and I'd also like you know as some of the things I watched I, I just can't, I can't get it out of my head you know seeing uh, Billy Joel and you know the during that film when they talk about how he treated you know his hired guns per se yeah and how like they're treated in general going through you know I you know not to try to sum it all up in like a two minute conversation but you know there's there's definitely points in there that I just I, I had no idea and to see like people that wrote songs. And you know, wrote the music and got no credit for any of it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm not going to say let's turn this into a Billy Joel bashing minute, but um, this movie definitely made me think about him in a different light. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. it definitely did. Yeah, like you know, um, we're just gonna give you guys a quick rundown. I mean, obviously, you've watched this movie because we've. We've uh, suggested it to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All the loyal listeners here. Um, Billy Joel had moved away from a big band, and he wound up getting a New York-style band that would be his backing band. He recruited a bass player, a drummer, and a guitar player. They toured, wrote music together for years, decades. Right. And on literal, actually, he never even told them. No. And he, you know, replaced the guitar player and the bassist with new people and uh, kept the drummer. And, you know, it, it puts him in an awkward position, Liberty DeVito. It puts him in an awkward position because it's like, you know, it's like he said, I have a wife, I have kids, I have a house. What am I going to do? Leave? Yeah. Like, you exactly. know, like in the, you know, in the, the area of being a higher gun, you never know when your next job would be. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, he continues to play with Billy Joel. I think it winds up being like 30 years or whatever. And, uh, he fell on hard times. He, you know, asked Billy Joel like, Hey, uh, you know, if any scraps come your way, you know, can you kick him to the side for me? I could really use a bone right now. And Billy Joel was flat out. Just like, no. And replaced him and didn't tell him. So, Obviously, with this movie, too, I mean, just, you know, for those who did see it, I mean, obviously, the ones who haven't either, I mean, this thing is more of like an undertone, like Billy Joel kind of set the stage for what these session musicians had to go through, especially the ones that were able to stick around for a long time. Exactly. And But more so than anything, you get to see so many different artists and people, like even just talking about, you know, certain bands that had to get a replacement and then wind up sticking around and you don't realize like what they had to go through and like how, you know, much of a pressure situation it was for them. Um, going back to more fanboyism, you know, Jason Newstead jumping in for Cliff Burton after he died. Exactly. I mean, he was getting paid $500 a week to finish that master of puppets tour before he eventually became an actual musician, a part of the band. But, you know, obviously, like I said, it's funny because, Bill, when you mentioned this movie, you're like, you're going to hate Billy Joel after you see this. And I was like, I'm not even a huge fan of Billy Joel, but I wouldn't understand what you meant until obviously you've seen it. Yeah. And you get to see the personality because it's just an undertone. Like, they keep revisiting Billy Joel because he's the perfect example of somebody who brings on session musicians and then they become something more. 
And going back to him, what they said started was his manager ripped him off for millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. And Liberty DeVito said that created the paranoia. He started getting more like almost fuck everybody. This is my project. I'll just do whatever. Because in the beginning, he was a really solid dude. Yeah. He got offered a recording opportunity with a guy who did the Beatles and he denied it because yep. they wanted session musicians and Billy Joel refused to give up his guys. He needed to have his band. And then they went out and did The Stranger and The Stranger was excellent. But then you get to see after the paranoia set in and, you know, like you mentioned with Keeping the drum around being Liberty DeVito, he didn't even tell these guys. He just called DeVito up and said, we're about the tour. And he said, what about the rest of the guys? He's like, I'm getting new guys. And he was even telling Billy, like, you got to tell them. And it wasn't until they came out on um, MTV and said it that he they said, found I'm out. fucking Billy Joel. I don't have to do yeah, shit. Yeah, and it's a shame, too, because one of the guitarists they kept both mentioning, his name was Doug Stegmeyer, he... Like never got over it. Yeah, I mean, because he you figure almost thirty years now with this guy. I mean, it, he died ninety five, and it was from a suicide. Yeah, and now yeah. to say like to blame Billy Joel would be absolutely ridiculous. But a lot of that I guarantee you stemmed from it because you just had this great attachment, and you just got thrown to the side like a piece of garbage. It's Quite, like he yeah, didn't. He didn't I mean, you got to think that at that time, you know, he didn't consider himself. I just played drums for Billy Joel. It was like you know yeah, they're a band together, band. and it was mm-hmm. like you know a family. And then out of nowhere, you just kick to the curb like you're a piece of trash. Well, it's almost like Liberty says in the movie. He's like, when you're not a part of a band anymore, you're still you're still you, but yeah. you're not the same guy you were yesterday. Exactly. Like right, you still have all the same problems you have. You're just not that guy anymore. And like. Totally, you know, opposite of, uh, you know, with what was going on with Billy Joel and his musicians. You had somebody like Alice Cooper was mentioned a lot in this because mm-hmm. Alice Cooper always had just bands, 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 bands. And it, you get to see like how he was picking these artists because even Rob Zombie, I'll yeah. bring him real quick. He mentioned there's like literally a 20 musicians probably that are known to be a part of almost everything. Yeah, there's a handful. And he mentioned there was three things specifically that really make this musician first is like got to be absolutely talented in your you know instrument but he said that's he said, that is literally find. the ho- easiest thing to find yep and then he said the second thing that'll narrow it down is like you got to be quote unquote cool like you got to be up on stage you got to have a persona you got to be able to perform and mm-hmm. then the third thing which is most important is like can i be around this person 24 7 exactly and alice cooper talking about him again it's really interesting because total opposite polar opposite of billy joel especially in his later years he was just so for his musicians um yeah, he said um, basically, when you do your guitar solo, you walk out to the front of the stage. You're now. Yeah, Alice he was Cooper. so cool with that. And um, and Jason Hook, um, you know, who it's funny. You get, obviously you've seen it, but his whole breakdown playing with Mandy Moore, Lizzie McGuire, also known as Hillary Duff, and how Alice found him was him playing with Hillary Duff. Yeah, exactly. And he brings right. him on, and then eventually he wanted to separate and do his own thing, which wound up becoming like the breakthrough for the band that. Again, we're going back into the bands love to hate. I'm not a huge fan of, but Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. He joined them at their peak. Right. And when he said, when he had to actually break the news to Alice Cooper, the nerves that kicked in, because here was Alice Cooper, big time musician, giving him a chance. And Alice Cooper was just like, absolutely, man. He Good says luck. he gives everybody his blessing. He, everyone his blessing, because that's what he wants to see. They come there, they grow, they do their own things, and he's like a part of that almost as much as they are. And yeah. to be so supportive, like that's just that constant like circle of music like you get to see that yep, well, it's like the same thing exactly. you see with Rudy Sarzo the bassist for Ozzy yeah you know he, he mentioned that you know that Ozzy and Sharon would do everything for him and he, they treated him so well absolutely and like it just really makes you feel good about yourself and you want to you want to work harder for that band as opposed to you know I, I hate to keep saying Billy Joel but I mean at the, the, if I had to sum up in like two sentences about like that whole film like Billy Joel's a fucking asshole and it wasn't even just about like you know the things that people said like they have to they showed video clippings of him saying these things yeah. yeah like it wasn't like you know oh he said this well did he like no you 
you see it on the video. Like he said these things, like he just did not care about his people, and that's not you know you can't treat people like that. I yeah. mean, specifically going back to that, there was a scene where Liberty was trying to get onto a plane. He had to go home for to Easter. Go home oh my for God, yeah. Easter. He had to be home in time for Easter to see to his, family. his family. Right. And you know they they said there's no room for you on here, and Liberty was literally was counting a Boeing the people. He's like, there's, there's, he's like, there's plenty of room for me, and they specifically said. Billy might want to lay down, and you, and you know also uh, like, in the beginning yeah. I was I was a little confused because I thought it was like oh like he just wants to ride on the plane I didn't realize that he came on that plane to so get it wasn't there. like so you know like oh there's no room like back. you fat you sat on that plane that's coming like, in literally yeah. now you can't if, if like go before the days of Uber that's like if the three of us drove to fucking let's say Cleveland to go see the Rock and Roll Hall of right. Fame and I just you know what I don't like Bill anymore <laughs> so me and Will yeah we're gonna go back like sorry. Yeah, but I mean, Dude. it's a four-seater car. I might want to roll the seat back. That's right. seriously exactly. the yeah. same setting. Right. And the difference is in that time, there is no like, oh, let me get on my phone and order an Uber. No, this dude's like had to fly a fucking plane here. Yeah. Easter's coming up. He literally yeah. missed Easter with his family because of that. Yeah. And he's asking for scraps. So how's he going to get money for a plane ticket? And, exactly. And, but it was it was nice, too, because they showed Liberty DeVito. He wrote that note to Billy Joel. Still just no hard feelings. Yeah, just exactly. I understood it. And that's the thing with the music industry. It does change people. I mean, but I some feel people, like it doesn't. I feel like if that were me. Like you wouldn't have got that type of sight on scene whipped his ass. Yeah, you wouldn't have got that type of note first. Like, listen here, you cocksucker. Only the good die young. The only reason that song was as fucking successful as it was because of me. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, and that's not even a stretch. Like we heard the the little sound clip of what that song would have been as a reggae tune. Yeah. And it was horrible. Absolutely. But, you know, like I said, I don't want to turn this into some Billy Joel bashing thing. Yeah, no. I right. mean, you, but you, it was definitely like, a major topic in that movie. It was an eye-opener, man. And I just wanted to mention, too, specifically from that, just there was a point in time where they mentioned, as a session musician, one of the meccas was being on a Steely Dan track. Yeah. Um, and they actually show with Elliot Randall talking about him getting the opportunity and being part of several musicians that were given the opportunity to play a solo for the song that turned out to be Reeling in the Years. Yeah. And it's funny because he does the opening solo. And for me, it's very generic. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but yeah. it went to so far. I mean, it's literally... It worked. Yeah, it was perfect. And Jimmy mm-hmm. Page even came out to say that is his favorite solo of all time. Yeah. I mean, and here's this guy, Elliot Randall. Have you guys ever heard Before this name this movie, until this never movie? Heard of him. But you've heard that song, dude. Right. I mean, yeah. It's on the radio. Like even um, Derek St. Holmes with Ted Nugent. Like you said, you never I even had no heard. clue. You never even it's knew so it. It's so weird because I never was hugely invested, but I Stranglehold, I know it because I remember Dazed and Confused when that exactly. film first came out. I was like, oh, that's a badass song. <laughs> to this day, awesome. like, until I watched that film, I thought that was Ted singing that. Yeah. And then you get to see the guys who actually were a part of it, and it's absolutely fucking cool because some of these it's guys crazy. didn't, and it's cool. Some of these guys didn't want the spotlight. Some of these guys were cool just being the session musicians. Some went on to do better things. I mean, like the one guy who wound up finding and discovering Earth, Wind, and Fire, yeah, and becoming a producer for them. Yep. Um, so again, if you haven't seen this, hopefully you have. But if not, I, I, we're really just going to recommend this again. I mean, just I, I would even rewatch this with somebody. Absolutely, for the first time. dude. This, this is the third time I've watched that. It's movie. very good. I thought it was man. amazing. It's so informative. All right, so let's get into our rating system here. Yeah, Will, you're not familiar with this. We just do it very generic, scale of 1 to, one 10. to 10. We just rate it, and then we kind of average it out and do well, it. So. I, I guess it's kind of interesting coming from my perspective because I'm not like you know this huge like movie, or not movie, but music fanatic yeah. You yeah. Know, as you guys for like the bands and stuff. But just as I guess if I ranked it as like a documentary, it was really informative, and I, I'd say I probably would give it an 8 out of 10. That's, no. that's pretty good. That's pretty right. What would you give it, Steve? I'm going to give it a 7. The seven, yeah, and just and again, I think because again, when I talk about the documentary style, 
I think a lot of it was very bland because especially when they're interviewing Newstead, he doesn't seem very emphatic about what he's discussing. Well, then again, would you be if you're Jason? No, but I'm saying when he's talking about some of the good things. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just very like, yeah, it was cool. Like he was just very weird. Well, well, he was probably just happy to get some sort of fucking attention. I know. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Stay relevant for a second. Exactly. Um, Uh, Do we remember Echo Brain? Dude. (laughs) But I'm really giving it a seven because, again, I'm not a huge documentary guy depending on what the topic is. Yeah. And for not knowing about this and watching it and learning so much, right? I mean, obviously, I can't give it a perfect score. It's going to take a lot to do that. But a seven, like, dude, yeah, it was... Yeah. I learned a lot. That was one of the first documentaries outside of, like, serial killers and the generic things you see on Netflix that I always watch. Yeah. This okay. was one of those first music documentaries where I literally learned something I did not know. Absolutely. Like, like constantly. Like I think that's doc- really the, the reason why I rated the eight is because, you know, if I watched this a dozen times, like, maybe it wouldn't have such an impact. Yeah. But just from not having any concept of an idea and watching this, like, wow, like, this is very Now you'll hear songs in a totally like, different you know, light. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to yeah. think differently yeah. about those songs I mean, and about Carl's certain Jr. ad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw that too. Yeah. Becoming the voice for Carl's Jr. <laughs> yeah, right. Carl's Jr. <laughs> and Bill, I'm going to give it an eight too. Um, it's a fun watch. It's it keeps you hooked. There's a lot of really good things in there that you never would think about before. Right. Like when they talk about Ray Parker Jr. with the Ghostbuster song, yeah. and like how that came to be, and you know. You, you hear about, you know, Ted Nugent. You hear about how Jason Hook played with all these people. And it's just like the spectrum. It's like, oh, yeah, he played with Mandy Moore, then yeah. Hillary Duff, and Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, then Five Figure Death Punch. Yeah, it's he like, just really what? goes yeah. from one end it's to the other. It's just so crazy. Like, then, um, you know, you get into, you know, how they talk about like Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper and Kiss. I was actually surprised they didn't talk more about Kiss with their guitar players like Tommy Thayer and yeah. Eric, Eric Carr, Eric yeah. Singer. Like, I, I don't understand. You know, I don't know why they didn't go farther into that. But that's, yeah, I mean, obviously. They probably more, didn't get the rights from Gene. Yeah, it was more so, too, like I said, because Billy Joel's constantly revisited it. Yeah. So I think they were trying to get just enough to get you thinking, because then you're going to start to do your own research. Like, there's a lot of things I immediately Googled afterwards to learn yeah, about certain I bands. Bet. And then Googled that name specifically, saw what they were a part of more yep. than that. Yeah, I mean. All right. Well, unfortunately, Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 50%. Yeah. But. The audience score was a seventy-three, which is like right where we're at. We're exactly at like seven point right. six. Yeah, yeah, average. Um, Common Sense Media. I've never heard of them. I don't know if they're credible or not, but they right. gave it a two out of five, which is you know not so common sense. No, whatever. Um, IMDb gave it a seven point two out of ten, which is right on par too. Yeah, yeah. I mean IMDb is a very credible source. True. Um, the reviews. Um. Brad Newsome from the Sydney Morning Herald says the player's sheer love of music shines through everything. Uh, Benjamin Smith from Decider says, uh, like the musician whose technique overshadows their expressiveness, there's simply too much going on, even if a lot of it is good. Um, then David Butterworth, I wonder if he's related to Mrs. Butterworth, uh, from the <laughs> La Movie Boif. Says an A-list roster of session musicians on tour with the likes of Kiss, Pink, and Billy Joel get their 15 minutes of fame in director Fran Strine's slick and professional tribute. That's another one we didn't bring up too is Pink and how well she treats all of her musicians. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and like I never, I you know, it's Pink. We don't think about it. You just hear Pink, and you know, you don't really think about 
you know, people who play behind them. I mean, it, exactly. I, I, I took my wife, you know, last year, for instance, like we'll just use an example, like Justin Timberlake. Yeah. You know, he had his concert. Like you think, oh, okay, Justin Timberlake, that's great. Like he had, I can't tell you how many people were on stage, like not just dancers. We're talking about like musicians, you know, playing the drums, guitars, instruments. It was just the amount of people that he has on tour with him who make that whole thing possible. You yeah, know, it's exactly. Just, it's crazy. All right. Um, we're going to get into our personal suggestions this week i'll start this one off um we briefly talked about actually we talked about them a good bit last week um my suggestion this week is to listen to the album the sound of perseverance from the band depth yeah we yeah we did mention that last week that is um probably the easiest one to start off if you're going to get into the band but that album musician like the musicianship quality behind it the drumming insane I yep. mean, and Chuck's guitar work, his vocals. It's probably the best. It's, it's yeah, in my opinion, it's not because I like, again, me and you differ in our sounds. Yeah. But out of their like more technical. I, first of all, I can't pick a best death album. They're all so different. I mean, yeah, symbolic that, and sound. Well, that's what I mean. But I mean, as far as like the songwriting went, it's so good. I feel like it might be the best. I mean, I can't stand when people say talk about like the filler aspect. Like this was just a yeah, control denied, stupid. you know, quick, you know, put in there. Make, dude, it's just such a well done album. Yeah, exactly. Such I agree. a well done album. What do you got for us, Will? Uh, well, I'd say that my suggestion would be uh, actually my favorite band is a band called Trapped. Uh, they're from uh, Los Gatos, California. Um, their second album that's just titled Trapped from 2002. Uh, I think that that would probably be between that and uh, the Someone in Control from 2005 album. Those two albums are definitely my favorite. Uh, it's a different kind of rock music. It's not you know it's not heavy. It's not crazy. It's kind of just. Uh, almost like alternative, I guess. But yeah, um, I would definitely recommend listening to them. They do have some good tracks. You probably heard Headstrong on the radio. Oh, absolutely. It's probably the only one you ever hear. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely some good music to listen into. That'd be my suggestion. Awesome. What do you got, Steve? So, yeah. So uh, my suggestion is going to be a thrash band, Death Angel. I mean, they've been around for a long time. This is actually their ninth studio album. Just came out May thirty first. The album's called Humanicide. I haven't listened to it yet. I mean, Death Angel. I, I was a huge fan of the uh, the Ultra Violence, which is you know one of their most like hailed albums. They were huge in the mm-hmm. early thrash scene. Uh, but yeah, they just came out with a new album. It's their ninth effort. Uh, came out on the thirty first of May. It's called Humanicide. I definitely check it out. I'm also going to give it a listen. Uh, probably as soon as we're done here. Awesome. Yeah. All right. And um, our group suggestion this week, I should just call this the movie suggestion because this is literally what it is. Yeah. Um, This week, we are going to suggest the movie Singles. It's a movie directed by Cameron Crowe in 1992. Some could say it's the precursor to the TV show Friends. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of notable, notable, uh, Seattle grunge bands in this movie. Alice in Chains, uh, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam. They're featured in this movie. Um, it's one of those movies where there's not really like a like a full-blown plot, but it's just a fun thing to watch. So uh, that's our suggestion this week is singles. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. Overall, especially like to get just, you know, it's got like that whole 90s. Yeah, vibe. it's I love just those like, movies. Yeah. it's like we were talking about with the whole like, um you know, um nostalgia feel. Yeah. Like you watch it and immediately puts you in that place. You get to see some good uh, cameos too uh, between like Eddie Vedder, Pearl Jam, yeah. as well as even Chris Cornell. One scene is like, really uh, cool. what is it? Uh, Eddie Vedder's the drummer yeah, you in get the to band. See Allison <laughs> Chains in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. All right, guys, so that wraps it up for this week. We like to thank Will for joining us. Yes, guys, thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate you taking Absolutely, the time. Absolutely, buddy, anytime. Yeah, anytime you want to yeah, come awesome. on, man. I guess what? In Give that case, I'll have to come back. 
Well, def- now, I tell you, I, I may not know a lot, as, or as, I should say, as much as you guys about music, but if you want to talk about movies, that's something I could really. Uh, oh, we're going to expand on dude. through. Trust me. So, uh, how was your first podcasting experience? I have to say, I enjoyed it. You did? I, I enjoyed the. Yeah. I enjoyed the experience. Definitely do it again. A little nervous at first, but yeah, I would as long as I feel relevant. I mean, I, if I come on and have you know, no, I don't want to. You know, make make. I mean, I, opinions you can throw all day long. Anybody yeah, can throw opinions absolutely. at each other. But facts, as yeah. far as throwing facts, if I don't know about it, I don't really like to go in and say things it's that a I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, right? Yeah. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Right. Um, I'm Bill. I'm Steve. And I'm Will. Thanks for listening to Rage Against the Mainstream. We are signing off. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>